it, the thing weighs like 75 pounds and it's big. So I, I, you know, it was free delivery. So I had them deliver it to my house. So I, you know, you had, you had to assemble it yourself. I was putting it together and the top part, the part that the TV rests on had a, a cr- had a crack running through it. You know, it's pressed wood, this shit, but you know, whatever. Mm. So I called them up and I said, you know, you delivered it to my house and it's damaged. I need a new top piece for it. They were, they were actually very good about it. They said, okay, you know, we'll, we'll arrange a delivery of a new one for you. And then, you know, you could take out the piece you need, put the broken one in there, and then call that up. That is for, pretty good. Call up for, you know, for them to come pick it up from you. Right? So the thing arrives on Wednesday, the replacement package. Ooh. Yesterday, I took care of taking the, the piece out and putting it on and putting the broken one back into the package and taping it up. So I called them up yesterday, and I said, it's ready to be picked up. They said, fine, you know, we're going to use UPS, and you'll get notified, blah, 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 blah. So then I get home today, and there's a, a thing, in like a packing slip in my mailbox, which I'm thinking, okay, fine, I just put the packing slip on and call up to see when they're going to come and get it, you know? <laughs> No, yeah. Um, no, they came to pick it up with the packing slip without ever telling me they're going to come. No. So I called them up and said, you know, I said, I, when, you know, you, you're going to have to send somebody again. Oh, no, there, there's a charge for that. I said, well, I'm not paying it. Charge Target. <laughs> so, so she says, she says oh, you know, you have two choices. You can give me your credit card number and I'll charge you. Or I can give you a location and you can bring it in personally. So I said, oh, you forgot the third choice. She says, third choice? What's the third choice? And I just hung up. <laughs> <laughs> and then I called up Target, and they, they arranged for a new pickup. <laughs> Back. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Back to the Bins. It is time for us to score. The the the. I'm Paul Spitaro. Yeah, nobody did that. I'm Paul Spitaro, oh, and I was, I was waiting, but you were going. Which way did he go? We're never going to score. We're never going to score from from Beavis and Do America. That's all I can think of. So, so as you're listening to this, Avengers Endgame will be in the movies for I don't know a couple of days at this point, and. We are not doing a traditional score. We're going to be doing kind of almost a, a spotlight episode, or we are doing a spotlight episode, on the Infinity War comic book miniseries, the first issue. Uh, and I'm Paul Spitaro, and that's Bill Robinson, and that's Scott Gardner. What's happening, Hi. guys? <laughs> now, I think Scott and I are falling in line with the... Uh, lemming-like fanboys of Marvel and are extremely excited for this new movie. Uh, when this episode posts, it will be... Uh, I will be seeing it a couple of hours later. Uh, Scott, what, do you know when you're going yet or not yet? I don't. Um, I don't typically do the whole, hey, get your tickets, you know, a week, two weeks, three months, six years ahead of time thing. 
I, I generally wing it, and I think that's going to kind of bite me in the ass this time because everything I'm hearing says that if you don't already have your tickets, you aren't seeing it for like a month. So I'm hoping that's Come not on. the case. But I'm well, less, yeah, I'm, frankly, I'm less concerned about that than I am about the uh, spoilers. That's really my concern. Oh, I, can, yeah. I can handle waiting if I needed to, but I just don't want to be spoiled. I want to come in clean. Well, yeah, me too. I, I have stayed away from, from trailers just about as much as I, I can I can bring myself to stay away from them. I, I really have gone out of my way to avoid them, although I have to admit I've, I've cheated with a couple of the, the little like 20-second ones that are on Facebook and stuff. Um, just because they start playing and then something intrigues me and I'm like, damn, I end up watching it. But anyway, long story short is, um, yeah, I'm going to go social media blind when, when the movie comes out and then anybody that's in my actual presence that spoils the movie for me, you'll never hear from them again. So, um, yeah, I, I don't want to be spoiled on it. You know, that uh, to me, that's a lot of the reason to continue to go, you know, to the premiere weekends and everything is, is just so that some moron doesn't spoil it for you on the internet, you know, mm-hmm. but any, you know, regardless, I, I will be seeing it just as, you know, just as soon as I can after it's out, because yes, I'm, I'm super jazzed for this movie. I mean, incredibly jazzed for this movie. So well, once, yeah. once I see it, I'm sure I'll post something on Facebook, but I can guarantee you it will not be a spoiler. It will be a vague. I really loved it. I was very disappointed by it. I, you know, whatever it is, but that's as much as I will give up until people actually have a chance to see it. Right. Cause I am very spoiler adverse and I keep pointing to Thor Ragnarok and saying, how much more fun would it have been if you went into that movie not knowing that the Hulk was in it? And that scene oh, comes bursting yeah. out. Mm. Yeah. I've, I have felt that way about a number of the of the reveals. I, I think, uh, you know, Spider-Man in, in Civil War. I think Giant Man in Civil War. You know, if we had not known these things, it would have been that much more of a, of a wow. You know, and, and there's there's probably other ones I'm just not thinking of at the moment. But well, yeah. One, one that, that didn't get revealed to us that I really ended up enjoying was uh, on uh, in, 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 uh, which was, in Infinity War, the uh, appearance of the Red Skull. That oh was yeah, very unexpected to me, and I was yeah. like, "Oh wow!" You know, like it, it it blew my mind a little bit, which is great. Yeah, I remember the whole theater was like, "Oh my!" You know, yeah. So evidently, they they really were able to keep the lid on that one because just from the reaction in the theater I was in, I don't, you know, I didn't take a poll, of course, but it didn't sound like anybody in there was expecting that. So yeah, that you know, good on them that they they can still manage to keep some things you know under wraps. So. As far as that one went, like Matthew had seen it already before, you know, he, he went on Thursday night, then we went on Friday and he went again. And he, his only spoiler to me was he, he, I heard him saying to Melissa, there's a scene in here dad's going to love and that's it. And then when the scene was over, he, he like nudged me and said, that's the scene I was talking about. Now, not to tangent us too much, because I know we have a show to do and everything, but I, I'm just curious for, for opinions from each of you guys on this now. Um, I am hopelessly addicted to Infinity War. I, I've watched it over and over and over. I, I don't think there's been a week on, that's gone by since I've got it on Blu-ray right, right when it came out that I haven't watched it again because I just love it. So I was re-watching it again the other day, and I think I caught something that I, I didn't notice before. Go to so, a doctor and get rid of it. Oh. <laughs> 
in the scene where uh, where Thanos, I'm hoping at this point everybody has seen the movie. If you haven't seen Infinity War, you know, for one thing, why are you listening to this? But uh, if you haven't seen it, fast forward a, a couple of minutes. But anyway, in the scene where he sacrifices Gamora to get the Soul Stone, as there's a scene where he's looking down like off the precipice. So he's, he's facing us, the viewer and we're, it's a, it's an upshot. And behind him, you see those two like tuning fork things, whatever they are. And they, and the energy starts to come up off of them on his left side. Well, it would be our, on the left-hand side of the screen over his right shoulder, as we're looking at him for just a moment, there's a beam there that looks like the Bifrost, you know, the the the, Mar- the MCU version of the Bifrost. And I'm wondering if that is the Red Skull beaming away because mm-hmm. he's now fulfilled whatever it was that the oh, stone had that. his purpose. So I'm wondering, is he now being returned to Earth, essentially, you know, returned to, to his origin point? And I, I posed this question to Logan the other day, my son Logan the other day, and he was like, oh, I hope not. I don't really want to see it. And I was really kind of shocked by that because I would love to see the Red Skull back, you know, operating on Earth again. And Logan's reasoning was that he just feels that after we've had Thanos, that, you know, the Red Skull is just not that going to be that big of a threat. I agree he might not be a universe-spanning threat, but he's still he's the freaking red skull so I, I think there's some great story potential in there of the red skull in modern day especially if he's able to retain any sort of you know cosmic awareness or whatever that he got from his time serving the stone i'm just curious what you guys think of that do you want to see the red skull you know back for more than just what we got in in infinity war i would not at all mind seeing the red skull as a foe for Captain America again. Yeah. I mean, that's the way it is in the comics. And, you know, it doesn't have to be a Earth-threatening villain. And and the Red Skull, in his own way, can be an Earth-threatening villain anyway. Right. Know? So, I, yeah, I'd, I'd have no problem at all with him coming back. I would kind of enjoy it. I assume, uh, I forgot the actor's name, uh, that, you know, portrayed him in the original movie is still Hugo not... Weaving. In, Hugo Weaving. is still not interested in coming yeah, back. Yeah, he's... Yeah, he's not coming back, from what I understand. But the well, guy, Mark Juan, yeah, the, the other guy that did—I don't know if he could pull. He could do the the low speaking, calm Red Skull voice, but I don't know if he could pull off the Hugo weaving over the top. You are failing, right? Red Skull voice. Well, you know, it's funny because everybody everybody compliments him on on what a great job he did, but I I have to, and I'm not just being a contrarian. I, I, one of the reasons I think I was so shocked when we get the the close up and you know the reveal of who's speaking in Infinity War is that I didn't think he particularly sounded like Hugo Weaving. I really didn't. Now I liked that he kind of had his own take, and you know obviously you could tell you know he was speaking with a, you know the German accent and all, but I I have to disagree. I really didn't think he sounded like. Um, Hugo Weaving's Red Skull, which I'm fine with. I mean, he, you know, well, I, I don't look at it this way. How mm-hmm. many years has it been, or how how far removed are you from seeing Hugo Weaving as a Red Skull that 
in one you're not expecting it and you don't have now you've seen it on numerous rewatches i would imagine the first time you saw it you may not you may not you know you might not have noticed he didn't quite sound it because you were still shocked by seeing the red right. skull but I, i've right. only seen i've only seen infinity war the first time i saw it in the theater and that's it i haven't gone back and rewatched it so he sounded pretty close to me so i mean that's that's the hmm. difference we have that you've seen it numerous more numerous times and don't think he was sounded like him i think he was just fine but then again right you you've had more time to analyze it than i have i've seen it several times um i especially on repeated viewings i wouldn't make the mistake of thinking it was hugo weaving in fact i didn't think it was hugo weaving when i saw it the first time but i thought right. he did a, a fairly good job of playing the part as far as that went but I don't know if he could carry the, the role in an entire movie as the chief antagonist, this right. actor. I don't know enough about this actor. I don't know about his acting chops. <laughs> I don't know about his action scene ability, because he would have to have you know some sort of physical f- confrontation. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I don't, know, I don't know. They might have to recast it again if that was the case. But I don't really have an issue with that either, to be honest with you. Right. As long as they get the right guy. Because <laughs> I, you know, I've I've said so many times. I, sometimes I feel like a broken record that I just keep repeating myself. But when the time comes that Robert Downey Jr. and Chris Evans and Chris Hemsworth and whoever else you want to point to that's so you know cast so well, when they age out and they can't play these roles anymore, I would rather they recast them than just say, okay, now we're moving on and we're not going to have these characters anymore. Right. So. Uh, yeah, I totally agree with that. I'm I'm kind of uh, you know okay with that whole thought process then, so you know if, if again I think the Red Skull is a great villain that we've only seen you know in one one movie and then you know one scene. I think there's a lot you could do with that character, and you know one of the criticisms of superhero movies in general is they they complain that villains aren't you know as strong as they could be. So you have somebody who is a great villain, who's one of the classic villains uh, in comic book history. Why wouldn't you keep using him? See, I would like to see, I don't know what kind of commitment they have or whatever, but I would like to see another Captain America movie uh, by the Russo brothers that would use the Red Skull to follow up on probably my favorite single moment or single scene in in any of the captain america movies was the arnim zola scene in uh winter soldier because it just it was just so well done and i liked the whole thing where zola you know the computer zola was taunting and 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 gloating to captain america and he's showing him you know how his secret history had played out in the time after cap was was lost and and frozen in the ice and there's just that great moment where he he's just lording it over cap and he says we you know we won captain he's laying out you know how how hydra had been operating in the background and, and basically controlling history through all this i would like to see that followed up with the red skull returning to earth and basically picking up where he left off, where he he would now be the head of basically like a neo-Nazi movement. And, I mean, I wouldn't want it to get real-world political, but you yeah. could definitely... Good luck. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, I know exactly. But I mean, you could definitely, you know, have parallels and you know, in and things to where I, I think it could be very, you know, if, if done right, I think it could be very intriguing. Because you know, there were there were storylines during the uh, the Brubaker run that kind of played with that whole thing, where they had the um, I can't think what was his name, Ma- Masterman. Oh, you know who I'm talking about? From you're talking yeah. about from the uh, he, he's from ba- the invaders. Yeah, he he's basically like like the Marvel version of Captain Nazi. Was mm-hmm. that his name? Mas- Masterman. Was I that think his so. Name? Sounds right. Yeah. Yeah. You know that whole thing. I, I think that could really, you know, again, if done right, I think that could be really interesting and and you know could could go interesting places depending on how they would play the whole thing. But I don't know. Long story short, I, I hope we haven't seen the last of the Red Skulls. So. I think you could also tie him into Crossbones like they did in the comics. Yeah, I wonder if we've seen the last of that character because uh, I, I don't know. It, uh, hopefully, this isn't a spoiler or anything, but I, I have heard that he's supposed to be in this next movie. Now, I don't know if that's a time travel thing because supposedly there's a whole bunch of characters or, you know, actors um, in this movie that are playing characters. Um, that are supposed to be dead, so I don't know if it's going to be flashbacks, time travel, whatever's going on. But they're, you know, basically it, it sounds like this one, you know, much like in, in some sort of ways, like Infinity War was that that grand celebration of the of the ten year mark of the MCU. This next one is supposed to be that plus to where you know not only is it a big hurrah and a big celebration, but it's also going to touch on. You know so much of of what came before, and you know, and so Crossbones is one of them that's supposed to be in there. I'd I'd heard Peggy Carter, um, and I'm trying to remember who else, but there were other characters that you know aren't necessarily alive anymore in the proper timeline that supposedly we're going to get. So, you know, I'm wondering how how that works. I'm, I'm assuming it's some sort of time travel thing, but who knows? No, I have I'm no always idea. Wondering yeah, I'm almost wondering if maybe, you know, there's some sort of continuity button, you know, push because, you know, there's still the problem we have of, you know, like Asgard, you know, all those characters were were wiped out. And so, you know, like the Warriors 3 were just so unceremoniously wiped out that while I was watching the movie, I think one of the reasons I wasn't more disgusted with it is that it was one of those things where... The, the comic nerd in me is going, well, they're not really dead. You know, they've got to be coming back because this can't be how they go out. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I was very true. unhappy. You know, I liked the, I liked every movie. I'm, it's silly for me to say I liked the movie. Uh, but I didn't like that aspect of it. I didn't like the way they, they did away with the Warriors 3. I, I felt that they just, the characters deserved more respect than that. I, I liked the right. fact that they kind of didn't make Volsteg into the joke that they have in the comics. They they played on it a little bit. You know, the, he, he kind of was a braggart more so than he lived up to. Uh, but they didn't make him into, like, a buffoon the way they do sometimes in the comics. And I liked that. And and instead of continuing that trend, they, they went in to treat them. You know, they made them look like they, you know, they were nothing. They couldn't even hold up for, you know, throughout one scene – <laughs> and then they were killed off. Yeah, it, it, it was it was, you know, uh, like I said, I, I just thought it, it didn't respect the characters. 
I will. Yeah, I will definitely agree with that. Hey, I just found Pip the Troll on the back cover. Sorry. So what were we were starting to talk about something before we got recording, and you asked Bill to, to wait on it. So Bill, you yeah. you are not looking forward to that. Well, actually, before we get into that, I, I wanted I wanted to hear your thoughts on. Uh, you, we were talking a little bit about Captain Marvel. Yeah, I just said I. If, well, if you want to go into that whole thing. No, no. I mean, what what was leading into that is I, I'm just not. It's not that I'm not excited and I don't want to see it. It's just I've, I've had a lot of other things going on in real life that, and this has been happening all across fandom. Like like the Star Wars trailer came out. I'm kind of like, all right, you know, yeah, I'll I'll probably see it when it comes out. But and the other thing about the Avengers movie, I'm really not looking forward to a three hour movie because in in all the pre uh, in Civil War and in Black Panther. You know, at some point I'm like, man, I, I I gotta I gotta go to the bathroom. I'm I'm an, I'm getting to be an old man now, so I want to eat popcorn and drink soda because I'm thirsty. And then every time it, in in those two movies when I left, I missed the Stan Lee cameo each time, which pissed me off. So then I had to f- track it down later. But I mean, I don't know if I'm, you know, we joke about it being a three hour movie. I, I don't know. I'd almost rather enjoy it in the comfort of my own home, or just maybe wait till all the the uh, the hoopla dies down. Because I've I've kind of really pulled back from social media, so I'm not really worried about being spoiled. Um, and the other thing with Ca- Captain Marvel is I've had a lot of things going on, and I know Paul may know more about what's been going on than you have, Scott. Sorry, <laughs> we haven't been ta- talking as much. So Captain Marvel was not something I really needed to see, and I listened to some podcasts, and I got the gist of the story. But it just kind of made me think that maybe that that movie only sold as much as it did because it is the lead-in to Endgame, and people, Marvel has conditioned the fans, I gotta see every movie because they're all connected, and I gotta know what's going on, uh-huh. so... I gotta go see it. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. So <laughs> I think I've kind of, I've kind of broken, I've you know, I've broken myself of the habit that it's, okay. I didn't see it. I know what happens. I get, you know, I listened to like two or three different reviews that were spoiler filled. I read a synopsis. I'm good. I didn't need to blow because because when I go to see one of these movies. My son wants to go, and my daughter wants to go. And if my other daughter's in town, then she's going to want to go. And then I'm going to spend about, between that and food, I'm going to spend about eight, you know, tickets and food, $80 to go see a movie. And I'm just like, wow, you know, money's tight. So I can wait till it comes out, and I'll see it another way. I'll either get it on Redbox or I'll, you know, I own most of the movies on Blu-ray or DVD. Uh, It's not that... I. It's not that I've abandoned my fandom. It's just not as important right now. It's always going to be there. The movie's not going anywhere. You know. Well, ex- accepting the fact that you know you, you have things going on in your real life, which you know I, I, I'm you know I'm aware of some of it. Accepting that, do you think you know? And this is just pu- purely playing devil's advocate. That. Part of it might be also that, and this isn't necessarily. I'm talking just you. Let, let me throw it out to the broader like fandom. Do you think that folks are getting spoiled? No, I have you a don't? theory. I have a different theory because I okay. actually discussed this with my wife, and you may not like my theory. 
After I don't like it already. I haven't even heard, and I don't like it. Well, no. Okay. Well, oh, okay. Actually, this is a two two part theory. I almost want to say, and it was part of something I posted today on a post that uh, Chris Honeywell put up about George Lucas and possibly getting back into Star Wars or other projects. And I kind of made a statement that I almost feel there is too much coming out too often that things are not like we waited for the Star Wars movies and then we had to wait for a long time to get another Star Wars movies. Well, now they're just pumping them out all the time, and they're pumping out the Marvel ones, and the Marvel ones are between the Star Wars ones. So it's like, here's more, here's more. Eat, 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 consume, consume, keep, keep buying. I'm like Homer Simpson when you're giving them the donuts. Ah, That's ah, right. And I'm, I, I, I'm just like, hey, enough. So, I can't, I can't afford it. Okay, and 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 it's not as special to me anymore because you're, excuse my French, you're ramming it down my throat. So it's like. Maybe spread these I, out. I mean, we had Captain Marvel one month, or almost what, six weeks later, you've got Endgame. But my question then is, Bill, is it, and either is valid, and but I'm just wondering if it's either or if it's a combination. Is it that it costs too much money to go to all these movies, and you just don't feel like making that investment in them? Is it that you're getting tired of them, that you're getting burnt out by them? Or is it just, you know, that you, you just can't find the time anymore because it's just taking up too much of your you know i think freedom. it's just a combination of all three really i mean it's it's you know at certain times i i just don't have the money you know because there's other things my wife and i want to do we both turned 50 this year we have our 25th wedding anniversary so you guys are 100 like, yeah exactly so she's like where are we gonna go what do you want to do you know you know we we need windows in a house and like we need a roof and i'm like suddenly Avengers Endgame is not really that important to me. I mean, I'll probably I'm I'm gonna probably see it, but I'm not gonna you know if, if I see it that first weekend, great. If I don't, but, you know, I, it's not that I'm not excited. It's just that I just don't have the uh, uh, the the glee that I have to see it. If I see it, I see it. If I don't, I'll see it eventually. Do you, well, do you remember the I, uh, the the Simpsons Halloween episode when he's in hell? Homer and the devil says, oh, you know, yeah, to punish him, yeah, he says, you know, you want donuts? Eat them nonstop. And he's got the machine that's just constantly pushing him into his mouth. And he's just, home, home. And the devil's, like, getting frustrated because Homer never gets tired of eating the donuts. <laughs> that's me with these movies. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would have to agree. I, I mean, I have I, I have two thoughts on, on this whole thing. For one, uh, you're bumming me out. <laughs> For two... <laughs> Um, I will agree with you when it comes to everything else except the Marvel movies. When it comes to Star Wars, I think one of the re my reaction, quite honestly, was maybe just a touch more enthusiasm than yours. But ultimately, my my reaction to the new Star Wars trailer was meh, because <laughs> it's not that it doesn't look interesting, and it's not that I'm not intrigued by the title. It's that. You know, I had I, more I, enjoyment I almost think it's watching Ben watch the trailer than I was watching the trailer. I got more excitement right. out of his his reaction to it than mine. Right. I, it's ultimately it comes down to you know the the quality of the movies aside. I, I agree with you. I think that there was just a glut of Star Wars. It, it just it, it did feel like what you were saying of 
oh, you like that Star Wars thing? Here it is. 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 And it was just like, Jesus, enough. I, 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 don't, I, I just don't want any more Star Wars for a while. So I get that with that. And, and I do think that that, you know, arguably is, is symptomatic of our generation. The ones that grew up with the original movies where you, you had a three-year span in between them. And then a long-ass span after the original three were done, you know. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I kind of think that might be the thing. With the Marvel movies, it's very different for me be, for, for two main reasons. One being that the source material for all this was a regular monthly schedule of, of titles, you know. And because of the way they were staggered, you know, you, you had books to pick up every week. I don't want a new Marvel movie every week because, frankly, I couldn't afford it. But if there was a new Marvel movie every month, I'd be I'd be happy as a pig in shit, man, because that to me throws back to the old uh, the old serials, you know, where you would, you'd go to the I mean, not that I ever grew up, you know, going to the theater to see you know serials, but my understanding was that you would go every I don't know whatever it was every month, every week, whatever, and see a new serial. That's kind of what they feel like to me. Is it's a new installment, you know? Well, now with the Disney streaming service, you can have all the Marvel shows you want. <laughs> and, and to me, the, the key to all of that, exactly, exactly what you're saying, the key is if they keep putting out material that I'm going to enjoy watching, then yeah. I'm fine. Then it can be a weekly event for all I care, as long as I can afford right. to keep going. I'll, I'll be happy to make a weekly movie trip uh, to, see, to see a movie that I'm going to enjoy every week. It's when the quality starts to flag, you know, to, to drop down a little bit, then you're going to say, you're going to get a fatigue and you're going to say, you know, I don't, I don't really care about this anymore. Well, that's the other thing, you know, the, the, the number two for me with this Marvel thing is that presently the Marvel Cinematic Universe is the only how do I want to put this is, is the only thing that, that I I'm, I'm really into that hasn't so far let me down all the other fandoms that I, that I have in, you know, if you've listened to two true freaks since the beginning, you've, you've heard them <laughs> one after another, you know, fall by the way, you know, all my other, fandoms he's got a fat head. You know, oh, sorry. Did I say that? DC has let me down. Star Wars has let me down. Star Trek has let me down. All these other, you know, Tron has let me down. All these other things that I was really into have all failed me, but the Marvel cinematic universe not only does it thrill me, not only does it give me what I what I need in my fan's soul, but it amazes me how they have made me care about characters that I never gave a shit about before to a point now that I, I'm actually a fan of some of these characters. You know, now, granted, it may just be their movie incarnations of them that I'm a, a fan of, but I've come around. I mean, I've actually shelled out money for... Doctor Strange, Black Panther, Captain Marvel, characters that, you know, 5, 10, you know, 20 years ago, I, I couldn't have given a shit less about these characters, you know? But they've drawn me in, and, and part of it is because of, of the thing you're talking about where they've integrated all of this to where I, I wouldn't go so far as to say you have to see them to follow the narrative, but it helps, you know, if you have been a part of it, and if you're truly invested in them, then they do play off each other. Now, there's there's some of them that are stronger invested than others. In them. What money did you invest in it? You're just consuming a product. How can you be invested in it? He, you know, like, so see, this because you think you have to go see every single one. You just said, "I'm invested in. It. I got to go see every one." Invested Why? in it emotionally. 
I, it's a movie. Though. Yeah, but you care. You start to care about these characters. You get uh, excited about it. It's the same thing, Bill. It's the same thing as when you when you're reading a comic series and issue after issue has you enthralled and you feel you know when the new issue comes out you get excited about it. That you know we, what? It's been a while since we've had that. I read a comic book today that I was happy the the series was finally ending. <laughs> because but because I'm but okay just like you I'm invested. It's it's a sickness and it's it, it's a horrible disease. We got to stop it because I bought all twelve issues of the West Coast Avengers series and I hated every single one. But I gotta keep buying them because that's I not the same thing. Having all the Avengers books, that's not the and same. And you know what's gonna replace it? it? Savage Avengers, Conan. Well, maybe Honestly. you shouldn't buy those if you're if you're so ready. I don't ready, know. It's like I know. If you're so I, ready to get, to get out of I'm the gonna have to uh, Marvel universe, look at it. I'm gonna have to stand there and look at it and go, oh, oh, do I get this? Do I not? Do I just get the one? Oh, I don't want to become invested in it. Yeah, see, I gotta, I gotta agree with Paul that it's, it's you're you're talking about something completely different. The the analogy would work if you were talking about like, say, I had gone to see every DC movie and just hated them, but I keep going and I keep spending money and I keep walking out going, oh my god, that was a piece of shit. <laughs> and then the next one comes out and I go and I see it and I still have, you know, that's that's what you're talking about. Well, like, that yeah. is a disease. And well, I, I feel hoping sorry for the whole... people that, that do that. But yeah. I go to these Marvel movies and some of them I've gone in with very low expectations. And I in, invariably walk out liking it at the least, loving it at the most. Now, I'll give you a good example getting back around to, to Captain Marvel. Now, I expected to like the movie. I did not expect to love the movie. And I really did because... You know, despite your accusation, and to a degree, I, I, I'm not disagreeing. I think you're right. I think they are very clever in their marketing of tying these things together and, and at least for the core fans, making you feel like you have to go see it because it's part of an overall narrative. Despite that, it was a damn good movie, and I really liked it. And, and it pulled off a magic trick that I've been trying to pull off for, you know, 25 years now, whereas it made my missus really like it to a point where i got her a captain marvel t-shirt that she's proud to wear i mean i've never been able to other than like the walking dead i've never been able to get her into any comic book thing but we walked out of that movie and she goes i liked that she kicked ass yes she did and that was what, what was really cool about it so and i went to see captain marvel not because you know whatever her name of Brie, whatever her name is, had, you know, some political opinion. I went to see it because I wanted to see this chapter of the Marvel Universe, and it didn't disappoint. I really enjoyed the movie. So I would say, you know, try to, as best you can, put that shit aside, and, and I think you'd find a lot to like in it, because it was a really enjoyable movie. And it, and it did, um, it really does tie into, uh, you know, the, the events, you know, for... Uh, for Infinity War and Endgame, so I, I one thing I tell you, I walked out of that and I enjoyed it. Also, it's not that I didn't enjoy it, and I, I have to say that before every movie. Uh, but I enjoyed the movie. But I felt that of the Marvel Cinematic movies so far, that this was the one that was the least designed for the average layperson. This one, I thought to like this one, and, and obviously, uh, you know, Missy is proving me wrong a little bit on my theory. But my theory was. That if you weren't familiar with a little bit of the Marvel cosmic, that you might get a little lost during this movie. That I thought there were things in there that, you know... Now, do you... Now do you, you mean coming from the comics or from not 
from I mean somebody who's coming who, somebody who has no comics background who's watching it. I thought this was the least viewer friendly of those. With a with a uh, with a comics background, I don't I, I enjoy you know I have the comics background. I enjoyed it very much. Uh, you know it, it's but I I thought there were things in there where it was kind of unexplained and. Uh, you know that if you again, if you didn't have a familiarity with the, the source material, you might get a little bit lost about some of the things that were going on. I don't know. If she if she did, she didn't she didn't mention it at all. She seemed to she seemed to really like it. I mean, she said she really enjoyed it. So I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think I know what you're talking about, but I, I think a lot of that stuff you know comes down to you know Easter eggs and things that you know that the fans you know the the comic book fans appreciate and everything but you know for for lay folks that you know haven't read that stuff or aren't familiar with it I think the movie gave you enough um you know to follow and everything and but I you know that's a good point though I do kind of wonder how did the whole Cree scrawl thing play out to somebody that would have no preconceptions of them because for fans, uh, and well, I'll speak for myself. For me, I did find it very interesting that they turned that whole convention on its ear with this. Because as fans, you know, and, and, and as people that grew up reading these characters, and especially like the Kree Skrull War, you have kind of preconceptions of, of both of the, those races and the roles that they play. So for the movie not to follow that same. Uh, narrative and everything what was interesting and and it was a bit of a curveball now for somebody that goes in blind and doesn't know you know who the hell are the Kree or the scrolls or whatever you know would it have that same impact I, I don't I don't know that's a really good question I, I hadn't really thought about but regardless you know my, my missus enjoyed it enough that she'll wear a t-shirt for it so <laughs> yeah, that's that's great I, I think yeah. it's great that she liked it so much. And you know, and I did too. I'm really looking forward to her, um, you know, her presence in uh, in Endgame. I really want to. I'm very curious how she is going to play uh, with the Avengers because she has a very, uh, you know, she's not only is she a strong woman, she's just she's a she's a strong character. She's very cocky, um, and you know, so. To me, it's it's a lot of the same reason why I, I don't think I was alone going into Infinity War. I, I remember us having some of these conversations, you know, going into Infinity War before we saw it, thinking, oh, I really want to see how these characters are going to play off each other. You know, characters like, say, Tony Stark and Doctor Strange, you know, you've got two you know, very strong personalities, you know, they're probably Stark not going to like each other. What's that? Snark on snark. Yeah. Well, my, and, and the biggest disappointment for every fan is that nobody, at, at no point in there, did somebody, did one of them say to the other, no shit, Sherlock. Oh, I know. <laughs> I know. I was, I was actually disappointed by that. I'm hoping maybe they're saving it for the next one. But, you know, that sort of thing, you know, knowing that there were personalities, you know, Star-Lord and Stark and, and these different ones, you know how are they going to to interact with each other? Well, now we have that that dynamic again. Uh, you know, for the next movie with with Captain Marvel, because how is she going to play off? You know, certain characters with you know with that personality that she has, and that's going to be really interesting to see. So yeah, I, I'm ex incredibly excited. Uh, you know the uh, 
the little tag at the end of Captain Marvel um, was perhaps, you know, well, I won't say it was the most excited I've been of any of the, uh, of the tag scenes at the end, but it's right up there probably in like the, like the top three. Cause I mean, I was jumping up and down like an idiot, you know, when they, when they showed that I was just like, yes. Cause I thought it was a great follow up to the tag at the end of infinity war. So, but so, so, so your, your, your excitement <laughs> level may vary. I'm very excited. I know Scott's very excited. Bill, not so much. And you know what? Sometimes not being excited is an advantage because your expectations don't get high. And if your expectations don't get high, it's much less likely that you're going to be disappointed. Exactly. Right. Like Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. When we saw that, we didn't expect to like that. We were kind of like, all right, well, you know, because oh, we I got that er- to like early it. screen. Well, <laughs> I but just didn't Scott expect and it I to got be... that er- early screening, and we we're like, holy! <laughs> what I didn't Whoa. expect, what I didn't expect for Guardians, is exactly the opposite of what I'm slightly criticizing Captain Marvel for. I didn't expect that to click with people who had no idea about the source material, but it totally did. Right. Mm-hmm. Whereas I felt like Captain Marvel was more designed for people who have a little bit more familiarity with the source material. But, you know, your mileage may vary. Uh, obviously, like I said, you know, your your wife saw it and didn't lo- didn't miss a step on it. So, you know. All right. Well, enough about the cool. grumpings you know, of a grumpy old man. Let's, at, let's, let's move at on. At the, the same boat. time, though, I, you know, I'm actually okay if they start to steer away from that. If, if they start to, um, I mean, I don't want them, don't get me wrong, I don't want them to lose the... The straights, you know what I mean? The, the folks that are going in with, with no comic book knowledge or any, they're just going in to enjoy a movie. You know, I don't want to lose that audience. But at the same rate, if they want to continue to make these movies more aimed right at the fans, I, I'm okay with that. And to a large degree, I kind of feel like that's what they've been doing and they haven't lost anybody you know well, yeah i think they, they've found the balance where, where yeah. it's, it's made for the fans but it's also user friendly enough so that if you're not a big fan you can become one yeah without having read the comics i mean i'll be honest with you ever since i would probably pin it down to like civil war i've i've had that feeling like ever since like civil war that they stopped worrying about are we getting too, you know, quote unquote, comic booky? I, I I think at this point they're embracing it, and not only aren't they losing people, it, it looks like things are just ramping up bigger and bigger. I mean, look at Infinity War. I mean, look at how excited people are about Endgame. They're, they're just and... losing Bill. <laughs> he's he's standing in the corner saying, "Go see your stupid movie. Go ahead. I'll just sit here. I'm still waiting to see ET. So that's all I gotta say." <laughs> <laughs> I can hold a grudge for a very long time. You can hold your breath for a very long time. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so let's take a look at our book for today, anyway. So we're, we're looking at Infinity War, which is not the same story as the movie, uh, issue number one. And I'm going to read a synopsis from the Marvel uh, database. The wiki, wiki, wiki. title of the issue is called Shathonic Measures. And now, Shathonic, just before we get into that, I had thought that that was a... Uh, play on Shatan? Yeah, the well... God? Well, I had thought it was a play on... Uh, what Cthulhu? Was 
Cthulhu. Oh, yeah, oh Lovecraft. 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 Yeah, Lovecraft. I, I had thought it was a play on, on Lovecraftian uh, novels, but it turns out it's it's a whole Greek deity thing, which I was just on. Yeah, well, remember, there's an elder god in Marvel, uh, Shathan. Shathan? Shathan? Turn me on, Shathan. No, so, <laughs> yes. So, so this issue is written by Jim Starlin, penciled by Ron Lim, inked by Al Milgram, colored by Max Scheel and Ian Laughlin, lettered by Jack Morelli, and edited by Craig Anderson. It came out in June of 1992 and had a cover price of $2.50. The cover shows the Marvel heroes all gathered together with, uh, with Adam Warlock in the center, uh, but in the foreground of the photo are Captain America and Wolverine, with the cover of the picture, excuse me, not photograph, but you also have Spider-Man, Mr. Fantastic, Quasar for Gene, Daredevil, uh, and a bunch of others, and then it spreads out. Pip the a, Troll is under, does everybody see Pip the Troll? Well, it, it's that's not... Really, the cover, that's only when you unfold it all. Unfold it, but do you see Pip the Troll? Uh, let me look at the actual unfolded version of it. Do, 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 yeah, he's he's do. behind uh, Cyclops. He's under Cyclops' armpit. Yeah. You know, yeah. one character I did not see here, and I'm surprised, unless he hadn't been in, in, introduced yet, but I thought he had been, but I could be wrong, and that's Sleepwalker. Because I see Darkhawk in the background next to Speedball, Who's that guy behind Darkhawk? Uh, that, I think, is one of Alpha Flight. That could be uh, I think that's Northstar. Northstar, isn't it? Because they were all wearing red outfits at this time. I think it's oh, North, okay. Northstar. Because if you look See, all the way Northstar, over to the left... I don't remember him ever wearing a red outfit. So. If you look all the way over to the left, you see Forge, and then you see Aurora next to Forge. And that's when yeah, they had the, got the red on flag outfits. Oh, okay, that's yeah. right. Who's the, who's the Spider-Man Deadpool uh, Death Urge? Uh, somebody. Sure. It, it, this was okay. this was around the 100s in Alpha Flight. Yeah, so. I, I didn't make it past uh, whatever the yeah the because issue, all all the, the way on the, the other side post burn issue with the Hulk where they swore him and Matlow swapped books. That was my last right. issue of Alpha Flight. And the, because all the way over next to Iron Man is Heather Douglas, aka yeah. I can't remember she was Guardian again, Vindicator. Vindicator, yeah. So, so that's yeah. They were all wearing red at this point. Who's in front of uh, Sasquatch? Uh, that could be Richter, maybe from X Force. Uh, that also could be who's the guy who sang uh, "Live in La Vida Loca." <laughs> Ricky Martin? Yeah, it could be that. Could be Ricky Martin. <laughs> could be Ricky Martin. Yes, yes. I thought he kind of, he looks like Hispanic Luke Cage is what he looks like. So I wasn't sure who that was. Is this when the thing's face was scratched? Is that why he's in shadow a little bit? On um, maybe, but he wore a bucket over his. Oh, that's head right. He had the who's, yeah. who's the dude? Uh, who's the dude behind Storm and in front of the Silver Surfer? That's not Shaman, think, is it? I think that's Shaman. one of the members of Alpha Flight. I think. oh, is that Wild Child? I, his hair color doesn't look right though. When we get to the splash page that shows them talking Alpha Flight, we'll take a look at those because a lot of these they'll be broken out yeah. by team. Then I wonder easier to see. Well. Everybody okay. else, I think I know, but that yeah, that one I just yeah I was not positive on that one. So the synopsis goes: On an unnamed planet, Thanos is stalked by his doppelganger. After entering a lab, the original converses with his computer and analyzes mysterious energy patterns. Thanos boards his reconstructed space throne and leaves to find the source of the energy. 
On Earth, Spider-Man is watched and followed by his own doppelganger. Elsewhere, Galactus and his herald Nova discover eternity in a catatonic state. They determine this condition is artificially induced by an outside force and seek to investigate who could have that level of power. Nearby, Thanos observes the scene as well and catches a glimpse of his doppelganger. Thanos teleports to another dimension and finds a large headquarters. Inside, he discovers the source of the mysterious energy is a lozenge-shaped module. <laughs> Sorry, a giant throat lozenge. Okay, yes. He is then confronted by Nicola! the Magus. <laughs> is it Magus or Magus? I was Magus? Thought, I always thought Magus. Magus? Magus? Magus. Buff, we'll go with Magus. Buff, buff Adam Warlock. It's like the Grand, it's like the Adam, grand Magus, right? Yeah, he the, looks the, more grand, the like, grand Magus. It looks more like Shazam on, in purple. Well, <laughs> and there is something for that, but we'll get to that in a moment. Back on Earth, Doctor Doom detects the mysterious energies. Of he intends he to gain the power for himself, but needs advanced technology. Meanwhile, various heroes battle their doppelgangers. The winner of Mr. Fantastic's fight is ambiguous and uncertain. Iron Man is defeated in a large explosion. Wolverine stabs and kills his doppelganger, which then disappears. Spider-Man's doppelganger lies impaled on a spiked fence. Iron Man's doppelganger transforms into a mass of tentacles, engulfs him, and merges with him. Galactus loses the energy trail he had been following. It's like watching a hentai film. Oh, sorry. He decides to enlist a mage who can help penetrate mystical barriers. Thanos socializes with the mages as his doppelganger serves them drinks. He assumes the mages seeks ultimate power and tries to dissuade him from this plan. The mages threatens Thanos with doppelgangers of various heroes, taunt him to let Adam know, then teleport him away. Mr. Fantastic sends a message to the Avengers, X-Men, New Warriors, West Coast wait, Avengers. Wait, 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 wait. You're not going to let me do my song? Go ahead. Mr. Fantastic, he's the bombastic, he's the lova lova. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Mr. Fantastic <laughs> sends a message to the Avengers, X-Men, New Warriors, West Coast Avengers, X-Factor, and Alpha Flight. He requests a meeting the next morning to discuss a universal threat. Doctor Strange is surprised by a bright flash of lights. Or of light, excuse me. Doctor Doom joins forces with Kang and reveals there are actually five energy sources. Outwardly, they agree to capture them and rule their respective errors. In their thoughts, each intends to betray the other. Finally, <laughs> Thanos meets with the Infinity Watch and requests their aid. So now, this, you know, obviously this is the follow-up to the uh, Infinity... Uh, Gauntlet, Gauntlet miniseries, and uh, you know, Scott and I had a brief discussion building up to this, where uh, the question was, is this you know a very '90s book or not? Uh, you know, I think the Ron Lim art in this looks pretty '90s, and I think that might be a byproduct of Al Milgram inking it and kind of taking away some of the detail work. But I don't think mm. the story reads very 90s, other than the heroes that are in play, because those are the heroes of the 90s. I think Jim Starlin, at least through these first two miniseries, was kind of immune to the 90s effect. When we get to Infinity Crusade, you know, the next miniseries, that may change a little. Mm. But I, I, think, I wish I, Jim I, Starlin I, had uh, drawn these two. Yeah, so do I. But I, I, I still, you know, I remember reading this when, you know, when it was pretty new, and I really enjoyed it. And I you know, the only to... thing I, I remember from this is the Magus and the Doppelgangers, and that's like all I remember from this, because I haven't read this 
in years. So re- re- reading back through this, I'm like, oh, okay, I guess I kind of remember this now. And I still don't so, remember fully how it ends in detail. Yeah, I, I, I stand corrected for something I had told you guys a while back is that I had never read this before. That That's not correct. I, I, I This kind of came back to me a little bit. Uh, as I was reading this uh, this first issue, and I also looked back through uh, my comics as well, and I did read this. Um, I collect I, I collected the whole thing when it came out. I know I've read it before. I just I didn't remember it very well, and that's mostly because I I got to be honest, I didn't like it. Um, now rereading this first issue. I liked it a little bit more, and I am intrigued where it goes, but the the two things that really stood out to me that I didn't like about this when I read it the first time around is, for one, the the doppelgangers. Actually, there's three things. The doppelgangers is a huge one. I just, I didn't like that at all. I still don't like it. I think it's... Book (laughs) tie-in! Yeah, well, that's that's the problem, and we'll get to that. I want to talk about that a little bit. I, I think it's... I don't know, it just... I hate the term myself, but it's comic booky, and I and I don't I don't like that. Um, the the probably the biggest one of the three though is the Magus himself. I I've always hated this character. I don't like Adam Warlock to begin with, <laughs> um, but he you know sometimes he's kind of cool. I liked him like in the um, the I think it was the Avengers annual. I forget. Oh, when, maybe it was when, the two and one. Yeah, the, the where, crossover with the, yeah the crossover when, when they defeated Thanos. Yeah, theoretically forever at that time. Yeah, I liked him in that, but the Magus character I've never liked. I just I don't quite get him. Um, Did you read well, the issues of Warlock series when Magus first appeared? See, I I had never read any Warlock um, when I because I'm pretty sure I discovered Warlock here you know in the in the infinity gauntlet you know the first thing i mean i I, i'm sure i had seen him around but i'd never read any of his adventures or anything so the most exposure i ever had to him was you know at least to my my shitty memory was in infinity gauntlet so when the magus character pops up in this i'm pretty sure this was my first exposure to him and we don't get it in this issue, but we do get the history uh, and backstory of the Magus as this series goes on. And it was just one of those things where, you know, you have to remember, I never liked Marvel Cosmic stuff growing up at all. So the the, the wackier and weirder this got, and it's very Jim Starlin as this one goes on, um, it just started to lose me, frankly. Not, don't get me wrong. I, I'm not hating on Jim Starlin because I really like the guy. Um, but sometimes he just he, he gets a little too up up his own ass, if you know what I mean. And this was one of the instances where I really thought he did. And so this this one's kind of a mixed bag for me. I, I, I like certain aspects, but when when the big bad is somebody I really don't like, then then it's, it's it was kind of tough to get past that. Um, the third thing I thought of also was that um, this one really suffers badly from crossover itis in a way that I, I, I always felt like um, Infinity Gauntlet was really well done because while there were crossovers and while it was affecting the, the overall uh, Marvel Universe, 
I felt like at the end of the day, you got the whole story uh, in the six issue mini. Whereas with this, there, there's a lot of this where it's it's trying, I think, a little too hard to be like Crisis on Infinite Earths. Like I, I'll give you an example. You know, the the spot where we see the spider doppelganger watching Spider-Man. But then it's not followed up in this. And there's another one um, later on in the book. I forget what it was. I know that these things were followed up on in the individual heroes' books. And so it gives it a, a disjointed feel because there's more story, but it's going on somewhere else. And for thought, whatever, I'm sorry to interrupt is, you, but I thought they gave you enough in this series. And again, I think in Infinity Crusade, that totally changes. But I thought they gave you enough that you didn't need to read the crossovers for this one. You just understood that they existed. You still could get the whole story. It's just that if you went to the crossovers, they would, you know, flesh it out even more for you if you wanted it. But I thought you could get away with not reading any of the crossovers with this particular miniseries. Yeah, but I think this kind of more jams it in your face than the last one. Yeah, yeah. more so that I, I think Infinity Gauntlet did it better. I thought yeah. this one did it well. I thought Infinity Crusade did it poorly. But this is not well, as good as Infinity Gauntlet is doing it. I'm not arguing with you there. But I still thought we had enough here to get by without necessarily reading the crossovers. See, I I, I want to agree with you on that, but I, I just I can't. I, I can't put my finger on it. But there's, I want to agree, a, but I hate you. Oh, no, I mean, there's, there's a... <laughs> There is a disconnect with some of the scenes here in, in the way that they flow. And I think one of the things that bugs me is that there there is more story going on in other books. And it sets that up in some sequences. And you can tell. But then they don't have any footnotes. And so it, it, it maybe it's just the comic nerd in me. But it, it, I find that irritating. It's So you're setting this up. You're making the perfect point, uh, the perfect point in the story to say, for more on this, check this book out. But then you don't tag it, so then it just it creates kind of a, a, a slightly disjointed feel. And I, I don't know why they would do that. That's just very odd to me. I think the perfect example for you, Scott, is that uh, what page is this? Uh, page twenty-six, twenty-seven, where. We have the close-up on Galactus's face, and he says, a mage. And then we next the next panel is Spider-Man and his doppelganger has been impaled on a fence. No footnotes, just a picture. Then we right. jump to a full page of Iron Man fighting hentai anime Iron Man. And no words, no nothing, no explanation. Not that there has to be. And then at the end, somehow it looks like maybe Iron Man was absorbed or half-absorbed by tentacles. And then we jump back to the Magus. Thanos and his doppelganger, and, and you're kind of like, it's so, it's like quick cuts, then you're just like, what, what? What's well, going on? I'm, I'm going to jump in on that, because I'm going I'm to use the Spider-Man thing as, as my example on it. You see you see the scene with the doppelganger impaled on the fence. You mm -hmm. you walk away from it, you know, okay, they battled, and somehow the, this happened to him. That's all you need to know for this story. But if you want to see more, go see the crossover issue of Spider-Man and you'll see how this happened. Okay, but then why did we get a full page and a half of the Iron Man battle? I mean, couldn't we have just seen... I don't know, because I don't know what they showed in the crossover. I don't know if they felt like you needed to have this whole thing here. Because mm. maybe 
the crossovers covering some different you know aspect of it. I don't know. Uh, I I remember when this first came out and I read it. I didn't read the crossovers. I I just read this this miniseries, and I enjoyed it very much. And I you know rereading. I only read the first issue so far for for us to cover, but I really enjoyed reading it here too. Uh, one thing I I'm going to jump on, and I, I I hope we went out interrupting where you didn't get to finish your point. Uh, no. But. But one thing I want to comment on is the do- use of the doppelgangers, and I do agree with you on that, that I think that may have been a little bit poorly conceived, because each of these characters has some form of doppelganger in, a, in their rogues gallery. Why couldn't we go with them instead of going with just right. newly formulated ones? So Spider-Man's do- doppelganger would be Venom. You know, Iron Man would have the Iron Monger or something. You know what I mean? You could go with doppelgangers that way. They all have an opposite number well, of some to, sort. I'm trying to remember, was it ever explained what the doppelgangers were? Like, where where are they coming from? Was, I don't is that remember. The, ma- the mages created them somehow, but I don't remember. From Maybe the that's evil exciting. side of their person? I don't know. Maybe don't it's, know it's explained it. later in the uh, in the miniseries. I don't recall. Well, I mean, the magus is the... the he's the, the doppelganger future. of Warlock. Yeah, but he's also the future version of him that makes bad decisions. You know how we know he, you know how we know he's from the future, because he has a man bun. Oh, sorry, <laughs> he's he's from 2019. <laughs> well, now, the the reason I ask about that is, okay, so say he created them, the Magus created them. That means he spent the time, how, however short or long a time it would take. Now, I could understand him making evil doppelganger versions of... I'm, I'm looking at the page, and the damn pages aren't numbered, but I'm t- looking at the page where he's gloating in his chair. Thanos is looking at over his shoulder going, oh, shit, as there's all these doppelgangers. Now, I can understand the Magus making doppelgangers of, like, the heavy hitters, like, say, the Hulk. Uh, we see evil Colossus here. We see evil Cyclops. Uh, I'm assuming that's Sasquatch. Some of the, you know... Some of them I can understand. Why in the hell would you take time to make evil puck or evil <laughs> speedball? You know, or evil. Well, you know, you know what night. we we covered a while back uh, when we had the comic geek speak guys on. We covered the issue where uh, speedball faced evil speedball, and I do remember kind of liking it at the time. Do you remember that, Bill? Was I on that one? I think you were. <laughs> Was it evil speedball? Pretty sure you were. <clears throat> hmm. And, and, I, and I was surprised I, that I, I liked it. I have a hard time remembering last week, so. Well, you know what's weird? In uh, all the evil do- doppelgangers, right? You got Vision, you've got Nova. Looks like you got Quasar next to him. You got uh, Human Torch. Looks like Daredevil with horns. You Black Knight, Beast. Uh, and, you know, Strong uh, Guy looks the same as his, his exactly, evil doppelganger. Exactly. Just looks like regular Speedball. I and, mean, uh, Strong and, Guy. He looks, yes, and I think that's Professor X behind him. They look exactly the same. Hmm, coincidence? I think not. <laughs> Evil Cat's got, got a buzzsaw for a shield. Yeah. Jeez. Who's the guy behind uh, Cy- uh, Colossus? Uh, the Hulk? Oh, wait, it, it, on behind the Colossus. I, I think, I, you know what I think Hercules? that is? That's, that's, I think that's Evil Longshot. <laughs> Where? I kind of wondered about that, if that might or be... Or it could be Evil Thor. Where? Behind Colossus? Oh, oh Colossus. Col- I was looking yeah. at Cyclops. Yeah, that could be Thor. Yeah, it's... it's, it's or it could... You know what? That could it be is Thor. Shot. That's his oh. hammer. 
Look, look. Where? Where? Oh, Spikes. yeah, there it is. Got it. Got um, it. Colossus. Yeah. yeah, he's got his hand. That is Thor. Okay. But Evil Longshot was a good... Because I thought about that. With that and hair, I thought, is he supposed to be Longshot? Is that mm. Evil Triton next to him? Yeah. Why? <laughs> Sorry. And, and who's who's the one who's just kind of like a, a, a gaseous cloud between Colossus and Captain America and the Hulk? I don't know what that's supposed to be. Is that is supposed that... to be Evil Vision, maybe? Is that no? Because Evil Vision's over there behind, next to the Hulk. See him? He's all white with the little star in his head, the little gem in his forehead. That's him. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Who's in front of him? Yeah. Uh, is that Hercules? Hercules. Hercules. With no hair. Hercules. Yeah. Well, that's why yeah. he's the evil version. Yeah. Hercules who is has that? fabulous hair. <laughs> is that? That's not Captain Marvel, is it? Where? The gaseous-looking thing there. I don't know. Is that coming off of the guy in yellow? But is, is that that's supposed to be the thing, right? Where? That's yeah. the Colossus like, and Pac. Oh, I, I see guess, what you're talking. Yeah. Okay, I, I'm looking at two different. Okay, I see what you're talking about. Evil Nova looks like Bullet Man. So you're talking like just that like burst of flame coming out of the back of the thing. <laughs> He's going ah, my <laughs> like Carmen. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what what is that supposed to be. I don't know. It's not the Human Torch because he's behind. He's up. Uh, he's yeah, behind he's behind She Hulk. Yeah, yeah. Right. Is that the Black yeah. Widow in front of She Hulk? Ah, uh, she got ugly real fast. Ooh, that, that's that's no. That's well, that could be Rain from from uh, X Force or New Mutants. Wait, that's or, not or Rain in front of in front of. Oh, you're right. That is that is Rain. So that must be Black Widow. Uh, yeah, I don't know. And then that's Polaris behind the Hulk. I guess that's Polaris. Yeah. Is that is that the Regellian recorder next to Polaris? <laughs> what is that? It looks like him. It, it looks, really does. You know what? It's not even the evil doppelganger. Just he just got stuck in there. <laughs> I mean, I I don't know who else that would. Wait, could that be Karnak? That could be Karnak. That could be Johnny Carson as Karnak. <laughs> I think we've got everybody. There's a couple Alpha Flight members at the top that we just can't see. And I, I have to say I'm I'm a little disappointed with the artwork in this issue. I generally like Ron Lim's work. I don't really feel that that's the area of this book where I say it looks too 90s to me. Uh, and I think unfortunately, because I always I've always heard that Al Milgram was like one of the nicest guys, so I hate being critical of him. But I, I find his work to be kind of pedestrian, uh, his artwork, and I think he he brought Lim down a little bit in this one. Any thoughts? I was just going to sing a song. Don't bring Lim down. <laughs> it's, it's, I don't know. It, it, I don't like the background no. art. I don't like uh, the, the facial details. All these all these little, I, I ha- I've always hated the superfluous lines on people's faces for no reason. They're, they're not really shadows. They're just kind of there. Uh, right. So I, I, I'm, I'm just not happy with the artwork in this issue. There's there's certain panels that I think look very good. I think Doctor Doom looks good in here, uh, but I just think on a whole, uh, it doesn't really feel as dynamic as it should. And the, like I said, the detail work is just is is letting me down a little bit. I think Galactus looks good. That that portion looks good with Eternity. Eternity's going. Uh, yeah, where did he go? That's definitely a derp face on Eternity. Uh, yeah, there's uh, there's a couple instances in I'm the feeling mighty low. Uh, 
Galactus, where I, I think that there's some swiping going on here. Uh, burn! That, yeah, that it's page like where the, spi- the spider doppelganger is impaled at the bottom of the page. Yeah, he does. That second panel of uh, Galactus, that looks like a burn swipe to me. Mm-hmm. Big time. Not that that's a bad thing. I mean, if you're going to swipe from somebody, swipe from the best, you know. Swipe or no swiping. Oh, man. <laughs> Um, I know I say this all the time, but uh, I'm going to say it again. I think the biggest problem with this book is the damn coloring, honestly. Wow, yeah. I, I, frankly, really, I like the art quite a lot. It's, it's it's a little too strong, if you ask me. Yeah. It's, it's, a it's very, a little, it's it a little almost looks like it's too neon. It's colorful, but it's yeah. a little too colorful. Yeah, it's like it was colored with markers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, really, that's what it looks like to me. It's like it was colored with markers. Sometimes you can be just, a little more subtle. Yeah, well, if you if you look at the page bad. just before Doctor Doom uh, and Kang meet up, uh, there's a lot of white light in that one, and it looks much much better than the rest of the book because yeah. the, col- the color is now somewhat muted because of the white light. Yeah, I'll agree with that. Kang still looks ridiculous in his boots. Well, <laughs> I, I don't like the angle he chose for for that shot. The kind of looking down at him, so his feet are getting, you know, like it looks like he's standing on tiny little feet. Look at my calves! Look at them! <laughs> and the, and the, the perspective, the perspective on it looks bad because it, it got tiny too quickly. My chest is huge, my calves are huge, and I have Rob Liefeld feet. No, the thigh, the thighs are huge. <laughs> no wonder he's, he's got like cottage that. cheese thighs. <laughs> Those are, I have things in my boots. And I have little right spindly in, ankles. <laughs> snap like a twig. What they don't mention here is that he and Doom are just teaming up to go fly fishing. <laughs> but I, I still, I got to tell you, I like this series. I like this issue. I think it's a good setup. It doesn't have that 90s feel of, wow, I read this in 30 seconds and I didn't get much story. I feel like there's a lot going on here and, and I enjoyed, really enjoyed it. Oh, what I but probably the worst coloring gaff next to last page is Pip really embarrassed or did, did he lay under a sun lamp too long? <laughs> is my face red and my chest? <laughs> now I I don't know if they're using any of this um, as inspiration or anything in in the new movie, but I do know that there's at least one image from this particular issue uh, that I have seen in trailers for Endgame. I won't say what it is because I don't want to spoil anything for anybody that may not have seen it, but I mean, there's an I was exact guess. image I was gonna guess, uh, from but... this book that's in there. Um, that said, there was a, a great thread recently on Facebook. I forget which group. It was some comic book group that I'm a part of where somebody asked... Um, what's the thing that you most want to see in a tag scene at the end of Endgame? And everybody was chiming in on it. If they are truly looking at, at like Infinity Gauntlet and this series Infinity War for inspiration for what's going on in, in these last two Avengers movies, then I tell you, the thing I most want to see is if they truly do employ time travel uh, in Endgame, the tag scene I'd most want to see is where uh, just their actions of using time travel draws the attention of Kang. 
I'd really like to see mm. that because everybody's speculating, you know, after Thanos, what big bad could you possibly have next? And I know a lot of people keep throwing around Galactus. That ain't going to happen. Um, I don't really want to see the Avengers battle Galactus anyway. The, the you know the Fantastic I think they Four need to the save. I think they need Galactus. to save Galactus for when they do reboot the Fantastic Four. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but Kang, I think Kang would be awesome. So yeah, I would like it to be the Grizzly. <laughs> or the Gibbon. Major? I like the Gibbon. Stop I know you do. On the Gibbon. I know you like the Gibbon. So it would be cool to see him in a Spider-Man movie. There was a there was a thread today I was chiming in on that said uh, it was the the group I'm a part of. It's uh, Marvel Comics 1961 to 1986. I think is the name of the group, and it said within the time frame of the group. If you were a superhero operating in this time frame, what's the one supervillain you'd be mortified to have been beaten by? And, and somebody said the Gibbon. And I was like, damn it, I like the Gibbon. <laughs> I'm thinking either Big Wheel or, or Stilt Man. Somebody said Stilt Man. Every time I was about to chime in on one, somebody had already beaten me to it. Because the one that immediately came to my mind was the Matador. I'm like... <laughs> beaten by a friggin' bullfighter, seriously? But uh, somebody, somebody, ch- I'm trying to remember who did I finally pick? And oh, the it was head, the my picture? The headman. It was, it was the one I've got as my as my avatar right now. What was his name? Mindworm. Oh yeah. Oh, that was <laughs> one of the worst issues. One of the worst issues of Spider-Man in that era. Uh, yep. Number one thirty-eight, I believe. It was just uh, horrible. He's just a big derpy-looking freak. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, having reread one issue of the series, where do you guys stand on it? Just this issue. Uh, you, you looking forward to getting to the next one, or am I just dragging you through this? No, I mean, I, I, I honestly don't. Oh, are we doing the whole rem- thing? I don't oh, know. Crap. We'll see. We might Catch get to it. Catch out of the bag now. We might get to it. We may <laughs> Scott not. Already, Scott's already. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, the whole thing? Crap. I honestly, I don't fully remember what happens other than I'm sure the Magus gets defeated, but I know he comes back in the third one to fight. What is the other one's name? What's the other? The, <sighs> the, uh, the goddess. Yeah. Crusade? The goddess, that's it, yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, that I, one I, say, I, I didn't like that series. I, I'm going to come right out and say that one I didn't like. Yeah, that one I have not read. So... I was thinking, just going, you know, remembering just the names. I was thinking that that was the one that this one is. I was thinking Crusade was what this one is. Okay, and like I said, I didn't like that one. This one I enjoyed though, not as much as Gauntlet. I, I, you know, I'll go right out on, come right out and say that, uh, but still found this to be a, a worthwhile follow-up to it. So, you want to rate it? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, cover. Oh, it's a very nice cover. A lot of people on it. Would probably make me pick it up. Um, the art's not too bad. I still would rather see Jim Starlin do it, but I'm still going to give it a. Uh, I give it an A minus. How about you guys on the cover? I'm going to go along with you on that. I was just thinking A minus. It's uh, if I think if Thanos and the magus on the cover were drawn better, <laughs> I would probably give it a straight up A. But I drop it down to an A minus because I don't like the way their faces look. It's got some big old teeth, that Magus guy. 
particularly the mages, mages even yeah. more so. Like Thanos is okay. Mages, I think, looks bad. Are you watching Jeopardy right now? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I know exactly what you're thinking. I hate yeah, that guy look like that. I hate that guy. Yeah, he's got that same uh, creepy smile. I'm yeah. like, don't smile, don't smile, don't. Yeah. Sm- oh oh God, yeah. he smiled. Lose already. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't even give the other people a chance. But hey, I know. I think he has figured out Alex's timing because what you can't buzz in until the end of the question, right? He has got Alex Peg right. right down to it. He also he also knows how to find the daily doubles on the board. Uh, yeah, and he starts at the bottom at the higher ones, and that's how he amasses. Oh uh, yeah, he's got a whole system down. Well, he's a professional gambler for whatever. Tonight's show, the uh, final Jeopardy, was a comic book question. I didn't, yeah, wa- I didn't watch tonight's yet, so please don't. Oh, okay. Away. All right. All right. Then we won't. We, I, d- we I won't DVR it. Jeopardy and always watch it. But I kept saying it out loud, <laughs> and then it hit me because I'm going, I was saying a villain. You might know which villain I was thinking of, Scott, just, just don't say it. Don't right. Do you, do you want us to give it away? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> Pain in the ass. <laughs> I was thinking. <laughs> Never mind. But yeah, I, I just I just got a, I just so. got an email I just got an email because I get an email from Jeopardy once in a while and it's <laughs> it, it actually had the top single episode money makers he not only set the record for the most but he's it's got the top, the top three. four oh four now oh god yeah so he's he's Why? broken the the existing record four times already my wife's like. Well, he's still got to get to 74 wins to beat Ken Jennings. I'm like, who cares? He's got to get to 2.5 million way before Ken Jennings ever did. At this rate, he's going to. Yeah. Right. I mean, he's already up to like 700 and something, 777,000. Lose, goddammit. <laughs> anyway, so what, what are you <laughs> ready to cover, <laughs> Scott? <laughs> Sad, we all hate the guy at Jeopardy who's winning. Um... All right, my biggest problem with this cover is trying to trying to uh, be fair about it while while divorcing my myself from my opinions on some of these god awful incarnations of some of these characters because I I hate that look for the Hulk. <laughs> so there's a number of the characters here I just don't like the look that they have during this particular era. I like Ron Lim a lot. Um. I don't know. It's it's tough on this one though, because I, again, I think the biggest problem with it is the coloring. It just it's bled too much. You know what I mean? It's like it's soaked. In, it, it does. It looks like it was colored with marker, and it just oh, it's really off putting to me. Um, but you know, I, I, if you could either bleed the color out of this or see like the original like black and white artwork, I bet you it looks spectacular. So. Trying to judge it just on the art alone. What do you guys say? An A minus? Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if I'd go quite that. I, I'd say like a B plus. Because I think it's a pretty good cover. I like how it looks like somebody just shot Adam Warlock in the head and he just hasn't fallen over yet. <laughs> <laughs> that was, uh, what was it, Scourge? You're right. Justice yeah, is Scourge, served. Scourge just shot him in the head. Did you do the interior of the book yet? Not yet. No. Oh, okay, uh, go ahead. Uh, you you want to go ahead on the art first on the interior? Me? Yeah, we'll just bounce around. Um, it I think it's somewhat inconsistent. Not horribly inconsistent, but I I, I do think it 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 is a little inconsistent here and there. 
Because some of the action fighty stuff doesn't seem like as much time was taken with it as other things. And I, I think there's a lot of swiping going on, too. It's it's hard to pin it down, but I, I do think there's at least some going on here. Um, but again, like I said, I really like Ron Lim a lot. Um, Al Milgram's not one of my favorite anchors, but I, I don't think he's I don't think he's bad or anything. Um, so I don't know interior art on this. I, I I think I'd probably go about the same grade as the car. I think I'd go a, a B minus. Yeah, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna agree again because uh, no, you know what? I'm not gonna agree. I'm gonna go one notch below that and go C plus. Um, I think there's panels in this that stand out. I do think you're right. I do think there's swiping going on. I don't like the inking at all. I think it's it's bringing it down a peg. I think it would be better if 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 well, <laughs> I think it's kind of self-explanatory. It would be better if it had a better inker. Um, <laughs> I guess everything would be better if you had a better person doing it. But uh, I, I think the inking is a, a level below the penciling, and it brings it down. And I agree with you that the coloring just looks out of place. So I'm going to say just a C plus on the art. I think it's better than average, but it could be so much better than it is. Uh, I'm going to go with C plus, but I'm going to raise it a hair to a B minus just for the eternity derp face. <laughs> okay, right. and then I guess I'll go first on the story. Uh, I agree with you guys. <coughs> Excuse me, as far as the use of the doppelgangers, but. I'm thinking that that may have been a uh, company decision as opposed to a Jim Starlin decision. Uh, I'm not sure, but I think he may not have had the freedom to use them, or he may have just eschewed it himself and said, I want to use my own creations here of, so of a sort. Anyway, uh, that said, I think it's a good build-up to the miniseries. I think there is a enough that goes on that I don't feel like I'm just reading a prelude. Mm. I'm going to say... I'm going to say a B-plus on the story. I think I'd agree with that. Correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't didn't this one have some marketing stuff going on with it? Or, you know, licensing stuff? Wasn't there, wasn't there like, I don't know, like a video game or figures or something with this one? With the doppelganger stuff? Or am, am, am I remembering that wrong? Throat lozenges? Oh. There was a game or something, wasn't there? Uh, I don't know about. I don't know. I'm not sure. I'd swear that I, I've played a, a Marvel superhero video game before where they fought the doppelgangers. It's very yeah. possible. That, you know what I mean? So I, your your theory of uh, of them being maybe foisted on him may may not be far off. Because that's the one element of this story I remember just really standing out to me. Because it was the thing I, I really didn't like about it was I just thought it was silly. I mean, why why wouldn't Thanos and and the Magus be enough of a threat? Why do you have to throw these goofy doppelganger guys in there too? But I, I just what what I just saw a I typed in Infinity War video game and I came up with Lego Marvel Superheroes Two Infinity Wars trailer. No, there was something that was something like War of the Gems or something like that. Damn, it's, it's just really tickling my brain. I can't think of what the hell it was. Uh, you, you guys talk and I'll look it up. Brain, brain, what is brain? I feel like it's tickling my brain and I'm just going to sit here and like titter like a schoolgirl. <laughs> Something's tickling my brain. Marvel superheroes in War of the Gems. 
Yeah. yeah Super Nintendo. It. Super Nintendo. Yeah. This is it. And didn't they fight the doppelgangers in this? Uh, Let's see if it says it. I mean, look at the wiki. The time jam allows a faster movement. Defeating Thanos, blah, blah, blah. Cross the ground, even space. I don't see the word doppelganger in here anywhere, so that, this might not be the one I'm thinking of, but... Hmm. Well, anyway, my grade for the... Wait, here it is. <laughs> the, picture, the picture right here says Spider-Man fights a puck doppelganger. A puck <laughs> doppelganger? It. A puck doppelganger that's green, yeah. So would, we, uh, would it be a pockelganger? I a duck? Guess. A duck? He fights a duck. Why a duck? <laughs> yeah, this was it. Came out... What year did this series come out? Um, this was 1992. Okay, so the, yeah, the game was released in '96. So yeah, just a couple years later. Well, no, that was in Japan. <laughs> Based on the events of Marvel comic series The Infinity Gauntlet and The Infinity War, there you go. In the game's plot, Adam Warlock calls upon Earth's greatest superheroes to seek out the Infinity Gems before they fall into the wrong hands. Yeah, I remember this game. I don't remember it very well, but I just it was one of those sides it was a lot like say like Captain America and the Avengers. It was one of those side scrollers where you had to fight through just I waves and waves and waves of the same thing over and over again. And in this case the same thing was, was these doppelgangers. It wasn't a great game. Sorry, I just want to break out in the whirlwind laugh. Cannot <laughs> 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 defeat me. Can't defeat me, I'm a moron. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so oh, story. Oh, over, over, oh, oh, yeah, you didn't give you a story rating. <laughs> yeah, I don't even remember what I was going to do now. What, uh, what book can we cover? What are we, where am I? Is there a movie coming out? <laughs> uh, C. Plus. Okay, so then overall, this particular uh, issue, I'm going to give just a straight up B. B. I, I liked it a lot. I was ready to go for the next one. I just don't think it's like one of the all-time top books. So, and it's the it's the cover that pulls that up. So, be curious to see what the second one. I doubt it's going to have such a good score on the cover, but because I, I don't remember what the second cover is. I don't remember a lot of things. Me neither. Overall, Scott. Um. I'm gonna say a, uh, ugh, I'm gonna say a B minus. I think. All right. That's right. This is the game where I learned who Blackheart was. I'd never seen Blackheart before. Whoever that is. That's uh, <laughs> Mephisto's kid, right? Uh, something like that. Yeah. Yeah, Daredevil fights him a lot. From yeah, I remember. Him, yeah, I remember him being in Daredevil. With when. Ramada Jr. was doing it. Was what I remember. Is that the guy with the hotel? <laughs> yeah, the Ramada Inn. <laughs> well, they they ended up doing a Marvel Legends figure of Blackheart, and when Scotty was little, he wanted it, and I'm like, "Who is this guy?" And he and Scotty knew who he was from that video game. That's uh -huh. why he wanted the figure. Hmm. Nice. So that's it for our <laughs> score episode for today. Enjoy the movie, everybody, except for Bill.
And Darn, uh, that's the end. We'll see you next week. Thank you so much for listening to our show, and we hope you'll continue to join us each and every week for more good old-fashioned comic book back-issue awesomeness. You can contact Back to the Bins to leave feedback, comments, questions, suggestions, and criticisms via email at bins at twotruefreaks.com or by joining the Back to the Bins group on Facebook. Back to the Bins is a proud affiliate of the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Network, which you may find at www.twotruefreaks.com. Two True Freaks is a registered trademark of DiManzo Corps of Milan, Italy. All rights reserved. Please take a moment to stop by the twotruefreaks.com site and check out their many other fine podcasts, won't you? Thanks, and we'll see you next week. Not a curmudgeon. Much. I just hate everyone. <laughs> I don't hate everyone. I just hate some people. You guys, you make me out to be such a dick. <laughs> Are you just trying to give me Shoe clips? Fits. Are you just trying to give me clips to put at the end of episodes now? <laughs> Look at this picture. It looks like Thanos is going. Come on. <laughs> What's in the box? What's in the box? Give me the remote. Come on, I want to his hands his are really big. <laughs> you know what they say, big he's hands. Got a, he's got a little tiny head and these giant hands. I could he, he could just crush his own head. <laughs> <laughs> he goes to cover his eyes and he covers his whole face. I can't breathe. <laughs> just he goes to do one of those face slaps and his head explodes. <laughs> <laughs> face palm. Poof. Ow, I broke my nose. <laughs>